Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. To solar panels work in winter. Solar energy output in Australia throughout winter is surprisingly high in some cities. You can learn more about better solar energy at B-Solar. Visit b.solar to learn more. GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. Welcome to the First Serve, your home of tennis. the SEN Network in and around our cricket and footy coverage. Uh, Brett Phillips back with you for another week covering the world of tennis, the only show to do so on Australian commercial radio right across the year for the sport that simply never stops. Our coverage for the year, of course, started on January 17 at the Australian Open. The best possible script, a Barty Nadal double to back in the most bizarre of build-ups with the expulsion of the world number one, Novak Djokovic. A trek to Swan Hill in northeast Victoria for Tennis Victoria Country Week. An annual event on the calendar was good fun, which brings over a 1,000 competitors together. A different market of fun competition, showcasing the great social aspect of tennis. Over the last month, we've also delved into the hot topics of wildcards and the formal rollout of UTR in Australia. Both an ongoing discussion. We've also touched base with the International Tennis Federation about the World Tennis Tour, the entry point to pro tennis. And that was on last week's show, if you missed it. Head of the ITF World Tennis Tour, which is the entry to pro tennis, Andrew Moss, who also looks after the pathway strategy. The ITF's mission is the is the long-term growth of the game. The ITF did a study with Tennis Australia. We did a study of player earnings, 2001 and 2013. The upshot of all of that was that just in covering basic costs, we're not talking about the cost of a coach, we're talking about travel and accommodation. There were about, at that stage, 336 men that could cover their basic costs with prize money and about 250 women. That's not enough. And B, the discrepancy between men and women is something that needs to close. So the bit that we've really been working on in the last couple of years is very much more of a kind of an activist approach to the calendar. We can give players swings where, you know, they can cut costs, they can play several weeks at a time in the same place. At that level between the the 25s and the challengers on the men's side and between the women's 100,000 and WTA tour level on the women's side, we're actually working in very close collaboration with the tours to make sure that we're scheduling those swings so that players can you know, perhaps play qualifying at the high level event and then move straight onto an ITF level event. Yep. The key challenge is how can we get more players you know, sustainable in the sport? And part of that is some of those measures that we talked about. We're looking to put in place uh, a strategy for the next you know, three to five years. And part of that is you know, how can we, at lower levels, at the $15,000 and $25,000 level, how can we have swings of tournaments regionally so that players can go and play for a block of three or four weeks, compete relatively cost-effectively and earn their points and, and move up. We want to look at the viability of a regional hub in Southeast Asia. You know, players from Oceania do have higher travel costs and a lot of the time they are spending time away from Australia uh, in Europe or in places where there are more opportunities to play and I think we need to you know, rebalance some of that. So I'm totally on board with with uh, with what you're saying. Can you just give us a feel of the world tennis number? The idea of a rating is to give players more chance to play players of their same standard, right? And to increase competition and participation that way. 2017, 2018, the ITF relaunched 
uh, its project for a for a world rating. This is the world tennis number. It is different from UTR. It's not a UTR is not an ITF uh, product. So the world tennis number is a rating that is being devised by all of the national associations. It's designed to provide an accurate rating. It's designed to give a rating to countries who may not be able to afford it. An additional pathway item to allow players to play more at home. This is a tool that will allow players to cut their initial costs, mm. work out whether they're good enough yep. to play professional tennis by looking at the standards of other players. I wanted to do a UTR follow-up from the show last week. David Bulbullion, who I quoted in the chat with Tom Lana last week, he's 23 years of age, one of many in Australia trying to get to a higher level. Pretty much now the UTR has been introduced as the primary system. My UTR sits at an awkward position around 11 in terms of national tournaments. Basically, I'm struggling to see a way for myself to not have my ranking lowered in these national tournaments, but gain entry into futures where I can really boost my ranking. So right now I'm sort of a little bit stuck and trying to figure out a way that I can get into these tournaments where I can really improve my ranking and have a good crack at it. I'm sort of struggling to find where my next step is. With the tournament system, how I've seen it implemented in the last, say, four, know what this system does when it's like practically put out into the field. I'd love to know for someone like me, or there's probably, I'd say, 40 other guys who were around the similar ranking to me, whose ranking has now dropped, who are wondering what to do, I guess. I'd just love to know what someone in my situation would do to really get to that next level. A lot of players are just going to the tournament that's closest. And I think for country tennis, that might be quite detrimental to a lot of clubs around Victoria and Australia. A perspective from two coaches, Shane Scrutton, head coach of Yarra Tennis at Eaglemont Tennis Club. Look, I think it's been able to run different UTR events, provide flexibility. The club coach can provide little tournaments or little events or little match play, you know, for players in their program or for local players at a minimum minimum fee. So, you know, you can, you can avoid the exorbitant tournament fees. There needed to be a change. Tournaments, you know, the pressure using a system that is at the professional level and applying it to kids that are 10, 11 and 12. With the pressure, with the points, with the race, the environment at junior tennis tournaments wasn't great. At the end of the day, it's you versus the person down the other end. I, I don't think it should matter if it's a tournament or you know what the event is. End of the day, it's you versus the other person down the other end. There's nothing wrong with that. So if you get two equal players, okay, we can talk about the logistics and we talk about consecutive matches and all that sort of stuff. There's nothing wrong with having one person versus the other person saying, look, you know, this match is going to count. You've got your UTR rating. You've got your UTR rating. Let's see what happens. You both want to win the match. I think there's a lot of sort of overthinking with this, which is understandable to, you know, and it's a completely brand new system. If I can provide matches between players of, of a similar level, from my point of view, it's it's a win-win. Jason Lindemann, high performance coach here in uh, Q in Melbourne, is a passionate tennis lifer his views on utr it is like your golf handicap it means that you can go anywhere in the world a nine is a nine we can get level based play i'm just not sure that it's designed to be a ranking system and i have some concerns around how it's going to be rolled out as a ranking system and its effect on the numbers of players and especially country regions and and probably the smaller states like you know, Northern Territory and Tasmania in terms of their tennis playing numbers. Kids are obsessed with the UTR. They're, they're on the phone the whole time uh, checking their, their, their UTR. It, it's not live. It doesn't matter how much you educate them. They want to know what their UTR is. They want to know what everyone else's UTR is. It shouldn't all be about UTR. It shouldn't all be about ranking. But for the, the kids that are chasing 
you know, they're on the that kind of pathway. Unfortunately, it is, and they're obsessed by it. For me, it's putting more pressure on them. Every match counts, but every game counts it because according to the algorithm, it rates you depending on how convincing or or not your results is. I think the UTR is fantastic, but I just don't think it's fit for purpose in terms of being the, the ranking system. We'll certainly have some more UTR later in the show. To listen to any of our shows you've missed, you can subscribe to The First Serve through your preferred podcast platform or all our shows are archived at thefirstserve.com.au. You can always send me your thoughts every week, your feedback, your longer-form correspondence around these hot topics to the first serve, SEN, or one word at gmail.com. Well, this week I'm coming to you from Los Angeles en route to Indian Wells Tennis Paradise, a two-and-a-half-hour drive inland into the Californian desert for the biggest combined men's-women's tournament outside of the four majors. I was uh, lucky enough to be there in 2018 and 2019, it was two years ago that I did the same journey in 2020, only to find out when I landed in LA that Indian Wells had been cancelled, the first sporting event to fall victim to the start of COVID-19. So back home I went, so it certainly is great to come back for the next couple of weeks with having landed today and the time difference. So this show is recorded tonight. So we'll revert back to your calls and texts next week as we love to do. All thanks to our good friends at Tennis Direct, Australia's favourite online tennis store. Fast delivery, great prices, free delivery on orders over $150. Just visit tennisdirect.com.au. You'll get that 10% discount store-wide using the promo code FIRSTSERVE10. By the way, congratulations to Ellie as our best caller for February who took home the Wilson and Sunbless Sunscreen's prize pack. Well, on the B Solar menu tonight, our look inside Indian Wells for 2022. The week's honour roll will go inside Australia's Davis Cup win over Hungary and Sydney over the weekend to qualify us for the Davis Cup finals group stage in September. And we'll have a UTR update, as I mentioned, a little bit later on as well. But Indian Wells qualifying draw. It starts uh, tomorrow morning, 6am Eastern, the women's qualifying. So this year we've got Priscilla Hon, who will take on Francis Harmony Tan. Madison Inglis up against Dalma Gulfi, the 14th seed from Italy. Astra Sharma is the ninth seed in Indian Wells qualifying to take on Yan Yu of China and Darius Seville, of course, finding some form on her road back to professional tennis, taking on uh, Russia's Camilla Rakimova, the uh, 15th seed. So that'll be uh, tomorrow morning, I'll be uh, getting out there nice and early to have a look at our girls in qualifying. Men's qualities will start Wednesday morning, Australian time. So plenty of Australian representation led by Thanasi Kokonakis after his uh, Davis Cup heroics. More on that very shortly. And Alexander Vukic, of course, having the finest period of his career at the moment. And to qualify for a Masters 1000 would just continue that nice momentum that he's built. So we'll be right across that on our socials and at thefirstserve.com.au right throughout the week. And then we'll get into the main draw as well. A bit disappointing there's no Ash Barty, but that's the state of play at the moment. And fingers crossed she's back in April. Indian Wells to come, but let's take a look at the champions of the last week. Leila Fernandez conjures up more magic in Monterey. She defends her title. What a final. And what a fine effort from Camilla Osorio, who came oh so close. Five championship points for the Colombian. She couldn't take any. And it's Fernandez who is left celebrating. She loves it here. 
they love her here. And again, a winner on Mexican soil. Came so close. And what a fine effort from the young Colombian. It is a third WTO title for Swaijan. And even Coach shows a bit of emotion. That was a tremendous performance from Swaijan. Her first title in five years. And richly deserved after such an impressive week by the number eight seed. Breaking down the winners, thanks to AATC, Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, providing quality coach education right across the globe. Courses delivered by industry leaders and tennis business owners. Learn locally, coach globally, internationally endorsed. Inquire and enrol at aatc.tennis. So we heard at the start there, she was the defending champion, the Canadian, Layla Fernandez, last year's US Open runner-up. She saved five championship points to defeat Camilla Osorio, a very impressive young player from Colombia. It was a three-hour thriller to win the WTA 250 in Monterey to defend her title. So nine straight wins in Mexico. She certainly likes that court. She lights up a court just with a smile alone. But 6-7, that was one hell of an epic battle. And, what, 21 in the world at uh, just 19. Uh, she's nicely cemented around the pointy end and heading uh, north, you would suspect, Layla Fernandez, just a, a terrific competitor. And if you've got that as part of your DNA, you half a chance to uh, do some pretty good things in this sport. And Osorio is coming along uh, really, really nicely. Of course, she's dropped, uh, had the four names back to two, which is a little easier for us when you've got to pronounce her on uh, court. And in the highlights, you also heard there, uh, China's uh, Shui Zheng won a course over in Lyon, the WTA 250, twice fought back from a breakdown in the final set uh, to end the remarkable run of Ukraine's uh, Diana Yastrzemska. It's been a little emotional for her and the Ukrainian players in light of what's happening in their country the last few weeks. And she's had her own battles, of course, been suspended from the tour over the last 12 months, trying to work back where she was inside the top 30. So uh, Sam Stosa's doubles partner collects her third WTA singles title in Lyon there at the 250, 3-6, 6-3, 6-4, 33 years of age, still going strong. Obviously, great success in the dubs with uh, Sam last year, but also still capable of playing some great singles tennis. So up 23 spots there to uh, 41. Uh, elsewhere on the tour, we had the two ATP challenges. Uh, Gianluca Maguire, of course, the Italian, uh, defeating Roberto Carabales Biana, the uh, Spaniard. Uh, that was in Spain, 7-6-6-2. And the German, uh, Mats Marang, of course, won in Turin. Uh, that was a victory over Quentin Hallis, the Frenchman, 7-6-6-3. Uh, so they were the two events on the ATP Challenger Tour. Uh, the ITFs, of course, close to home in uh, Bendigo. Uh, Lee 2 as was displayed on our socials and throughout website across uh, the weekend, uh, winning his fifth ITF singles title, uh, winning the 25K. So 492, and he'll, those points, of course, get sort of added on the week later with the ITF. So he's... Uh, going to be much higher, but that is a, a career high at the moment. And we know the Lee 2 story, having uh, joined the tour uh, late last year after, of course, getting the wild card in the Australian Open of January of last year in this second crack at professional tennis. He had no ranking, and uh, he is making a pretty good fist of it, winning um, quite a few tennis matches uh, along the way. So well done to uh, Lee 2, certainly on uh, the men's side in Bendigo, it was Asia Muhammad who's had a terrific time in Australia. Her third ITF title win down under this year, defeating 
the young Australian Olivia Gadecki in the final of that one. And, of course, going out with uh, Dane Kelly, the Australian uh, Asia Mohammed, who's uh, basing a lot of her time uh, here in Australia. Ellen Perez and Jamie Foolis won the double, 6-1-6-1. Callum Puttergill and Brandon Walken uh, took out the doubles up in Bendigo, 6-2-6-3 over School Kate and Alice. And also need to mention uh, Rinky Hijikata, who was the second seed in Santa Domenico, the ITF 25K, taking on Jeffrey Blancsou, the Frenchman. It was a real battle. 6-3, Rinky won the first, then dropped the next two sets, 2-6, 2-6 to the top seed. But Rinky Hijikata is certainly on the right trajectory. There is no doubt about that and I think uh, a young man is just really really dedicated to his craft uh, right now watched him just in a practice session at the Australian Open uh, this year in one of the outside courts and he's just got that look in his eye of a young man he's on a mission to uh, go as far as he can in professional tennis getting the absolute uh, best out of himself so Rinky and uh, Bernard Tomic will see the return of Tomic uh, this week for the ATP Challenger in uh, Monterey, where, of course, Leila Fernandez was able to salute. It's a terrific venue there in uh, Mexico. Uh, we'll save the Davis Cup for uh, after the break, as Jed Zetz is going to give us a, a full wrap-up of Australia's victory and, of course, all the other results uh, as well. But that is what is uh, taking shape. The ATP Challenger in Monterey, Indian Wells qualifying, as I mentioned, uh, which uh, gets underway tomorrow morning uh, with our girls, Priscilla Hon, Maddie Inglis, Astra Sharma and Daria Saville uh, all in action. The men's draw comes out in about 24 hours, so we'll be able to let you know across our socials and our uh, website. But Australia's victory in the Davis Cup and the full wrap of the Davis Cup coming up next here on The First Serve. Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With B-Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B-Solar advisor. Visit b.solar to learn more. GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. To the first serve, touching down in Los Angeles today, Sunday night here, heading to India Wells in the morning for a big two weeks of the BNP Paribas Open in tennis paradise. It is magnificent if you've never been. I could not recommend it more highly enough. And the magnificent uh, Coachella Valley, you've got to get there if you're a tennis fan. Plenty coming from the grounds of the Indian Wells Tennis Garden right across our social channels and at thefirstserve.com.au over the next fortnight in our Monday night show as well, however you do consume us. A shout-out for the return of our podcasts uh, this month to provide you more tennis content here at The First Serve, including uh, crunching the numbers, combining the art of coaching and data analysis. It's going to be great to have Mark Safoulis and Shane Leonage back with us. If you've got a topic you'd like the guys to explore, uh, drop us a line at the first serve sen at gmail.com. Aussies only will be back and many others. So we're just adding to our uh, library of content if you love our tennis that you can consume when it suits you the most. Well, let's wrap up the Davis Cup qualifying tie for Australia as we hosted Hungary at Ken Roseville Arena on Friday and Saturday, playing for a place in September's Davis Cup finals group stage. All thanks to Melbourne's leading synthetic grass court surface and construction specialist, Asti Tennis Courts, trusted by Melbourne tennis clubs and councils. Check out aste.com.au. Jed Setzer has got the rap for us. Thank you, BP. Well, what a weekend it turned out to be for Team Australia coming from behind to take down Hungary, booking their place in the Davis Cup finals in September. Alex Dimonor opened proceedings on Friday afternoon with a 7-5, 6-2 victory over Zombor Pirosh 
And this one certainly wasn't straightforward. Pirosh plays his best tennis in the Davis Cup, and Demonor had to fight hard to clinch that first set. But once he did, it was full steam ahead, handing Australia the perfect start in the tie. Following Demonor's win, Thanasi Kokonakis, who's back in the side after seven years, took to the court against world number 35, Marton Fucevic. A tricky customer who plays his best tennis down under, he's achieved some of his best career results at the Australian Open, and it was the Hungarian who defeated Kokonakis to level the tie. He took the first set in a tiebreaker. Kokonakis hit back quickly, taking the second set 6-1, but unfortunately for the Aussies, some cramps led to a medical timeout, and eventually it was Fucevic who won the match 6-3 in the third to level the tie. Saturday's proceedings kicked off with the doubles. Aussie pair John Piers and Davis Cup debutant Luke Saville suffered a shock loss to Hungarian pair Mate Valkus and Fabian Marasan, 6-4, 6-4. Piers and Saville will, of course, their doubles resumes speak for themselves. Piers a Grand Slam champion and Saville a Grand Slam finalist. But it was the Hungarian pair of Valkus ranked at 1,312 and Marasan at 586 who caused a significant upset, putting Hungary in the box seat to claim this tie. But Alex Dimonor, who has now won seven of his last eight Davis Cup singles rubbers for Australia, levelled the tie with a 7-6-6-4 win over Marton Fucevic and Thanasi Kokonakis, just unbelievable, with a 6-4-6-4 victory over Zombor Pirosh to clinch the tie for Australia. I caught up with the debutant in this tie, the 2020 Australian Open doubles finalist Luke Saville, to recap what ended up being an incredible week for the Aussies. Luke, congratulations on making your Davis Cup debut. What an unbelievable experience it must have been, especially to get the win. How are you feeling and, and how do you how do you sort of sum up that whole weekend? Yeah, absolutely incredible uh, to represent Australia, to you know be the 113th. Australian Davis Cup player uh, to see the, the you know the past players that have um, you know represented Australia before me to be in that conversation is amazing. Uh, it, the whole week was fantastic. Really proud of the team. Uh, mixed emotions because a little bit disappointed how I performed yesterday, how Piers and I played, and to put those two boys in the position um, at one one two. You know, going into the fourth and fifth rubbers, um, you know, we, we really wanted to give them that, um, you know, that two-one lead, but we didn't. And just, just very proud of how everyone fought and, and represented Australia uh, the past couple of days. And Luke, this is something you've been working so hard towards. What was sort of the feeling when you actually joined the team at the beginning of the week? It must have been amazing. It was absolutely incredible. I actually can't really sum it up in words. Uh, the whole week was. Amazing. I take my hat off to Rusty and, and Rochi. They're just building such a great uh, environment for the Davis Cup and they're really continuing that that tradition, that such rich uh, history we have here in Australia for the Davis Cup. And I got presented my uh, 113 jacket uh, Wednesday night at dinner and uh, Ken Rosewell was there and and just, just really flattering. You know, Ken was there and, and Leighton presented it and Tony Roach and, and all these guys. And just just to know that, you know, my hard work, commitment, dedication over the past, you know, really 20 years and so many people to thank who have helped me be in this position. I wouldn't be here without them. Uh, and just to have this opportunity to represent my country, the green and gold, 
Uh, it's by far my biggest achievement in my career so far. Number 113, it's an awesome number. We see a lot of the guys um, and girls get their numbers tattooed on their body. Do you think you might get a tat of 113? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't. I've never been a, a tattoo person, but uh, yeah, look, it, mean, it means a lot. I'll, um, I'll keep thinking about it. Yeah, I know, you know, Alex, uh, Demonar and, and Tomo, two of my great mates on tour, uh, they, you know, they've got the tattoo uh, on, their, on their chest, I believe. And um, it's something I might consider, but, you know, I think regardless whether I tattoo it or not, it's, um, I hold this very high um, in my heart for sure. Absolutely. And Luke, just um, in terms of the team, so it was an amazing team this week. Obviously, Alex, yourself, John Piers, um, Thanasi Kokonakis and Alexi Poprin were, were the five selected players. But you had some hitting partners, some orange boys in there, um, a lot of people helping the team. Do you mind talking us through sort of the roles of everyone and, and just how, how amazing it is to have a big group of people, but a, a tight-knit environment? Yeah, it's a really unique environment the davis cup you've got um you got so many people helping out a lot of support staff uh you got you know you got the doctor the team manager catherine who who does amazing brooksy's the doctor um dalibor the the massage and physiotherapist there's also another uh, massage guy who was coming in um you've got daniel ferretti who's the stringer um and so you, yeah you've got all these guys jamin crab who's another coach there as well so uh, you had Jason Kubler as, as the hitting partner and, and Kubes, he didn't get um, really any mentions. He wasn't in the five-man squad, but he was absolutely fantastic. Um, he, he provided so much all week and he was hitting fantastically well. He was really taking it up to all the boys and, and really, you know, it was pretty even with a lot of the singles guys. He's playing a really high level and it's up to him now to take that into his tournaments. He's flying to Bendigo today and I think, you know, Roachie and, and Rusty were really, really, um, really pleased with his effort and his level. Um, you had the two orange boys, um, Eddie Winter and Charlie Camus, um, you know, 15 and 17-year-old boys who are hitting the ball really well. And I was an orange boy when I was 15 and I told them this. And, you know, I, you know that's obviously the stepping stone is to be an orange boy and get a taste of the Davis Cup environment. And, you know, sort of to uh, learn from, from Leighton and, and Rochi and, you know, I guess they show them the ropes and, you know, see the likes of Alex and Fanasi go about their work day in, day out and how they compete and how they um, represent their country. And then it's up to them to keep developing their games over the next few years and, and then, um, you know, hopefully be in this position, getting selected in a few years' time, like, you know, I guess all of us were Orange Boys once upon a time. So, yeah, I guess just the whole... The whole group, it's very special. Um, and to be part of something bigger than yourself, you know, playing for, I guess there was 12, 12, 13, 14 people there throughout the week, but then a country on top of that, um, it's, it's you know, it brings a different kind of pressure, but it was amazing. Yeah, it's just, it's unbelievable, mate. Massive congratulations. You look at the season to come, how do you guys stay in touch? And um, is that something that, you know, you do regularly? If, if you guys are all in the same place, maybe in an off week, you might hit up during the year. Is that something that sort of is, you know, does Leighton try plan that throughout the year? Um, yeah. You know, Rochi and, and Rusty, they definitely encourage us to, you know, hit together and support each other while we're on tour. I think in general, we do that pretty well. Um, and, you know, I guess I just want to give a shout out to everyone else, all the other players that 
didn't get selected and easily could have. Um, I think not only do we have a, a strong five, I think we've got another 10 guys who can fit into this team and, and make a really strong squad. So I think we're in a really health, healthy spot. Uh, um, September is going to be interesting what they do with selections. It's, you know, I think Leighton's going to, is going to have a few headaches, if you like, um, at, at the selection table, but it's mm. definitely a, a positive to have, um, I guess, a lot of options, if you like. So, um, yeah, we, we want to stick together on tour, keep encouraging each other to get better. But, yeah, weeks like this, um, you definitely – you build relationships, uh, you build friends, and, um, you know, I think it's that's the special thing about playing for a team and playing Davis Cup. It's amazing, mate. And just one last one. You're at the airport now. Can you tell us where you're going and what your plan is for the next couple of weeks? I'm actually heading home uh, back to Melbourne for two weeks, uh, a little bit of rest the next few days, um, enjoy a bit of home time, um, train, and then I'm heading over to Miami uh, for the Miami Open um, and then on to Europe and I'll meet back up with JP in Europe and uh, and then, yeah, hit, hit the clay for sort of five, six weeks leading into the French Open. Amazing, mate. Well, another massive congratulations. You've worked so hard for this. We all know that. And it's um, it's just amazing to see, firstly, the win, but also just the culture and everything that's building. So congratulations on the debut. Well done on being a part of it. And I look forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks, Jed. Cheers. Well, it's always great chatting to Luke Saville, especially on this occasion after he made his Davis Cup debut. Let's take a quick listen in on the press conference that followed the win. Here from Leighton Hewitt, Thanasi Kokonakis and Alex Stemanor. Um, yeah, I've never been part of a Davis Cup tie that's easy. Um, you always expect twists and turns at different times and that's certainly what the last two days has thrown at us yet again. And um, You've got to be able to handle that and deal with it. And um, yeah, We did that. Um, yeah, we had to try and find a way to, to somehow win three out of the five matches and um, rankings and, and everything gets thrown out of the window in Davis Cup. I've seen it too many times. So um, I'm just really proud of the boys' efforts. Um, everyone in the team and the squad, um, they came and prepared and did absolutely everything that we asked of them. And the passion and team spirit um, was second to none. And uh, it, it really showed. And even when we were 2-1 down, um, you know, in the locker room, the belief that everyone had that we could still find a way to turn it around. And um, yeah, obviously Alex um, did incredible in in his match. Seven six six four doesn't that you know doesn't uh, do justice to the standard of that match and the conditions that it was played in as well. The humidity out there, it's it's not easy. Um, and so I thought the standard was incredible in that in that match and Alex had to find a way to dig deep on a few occasions throughout that first set was crucial and he was able to do that and he deserved the win and, and Tanasi to come out and play in a live fifth rubber um, until you're put in that position you no one knows what it's like and so I thought he handled it extremely well and, and I'm really proud of um, how he went out there and the composure that he had after obviously losing a, a tight match last night. And ask a pretty amazing sort of summer trifecta for you. Where does tonight's win rank along yeah, with all the others? It's hard to rank them, but this is definitely up there. It's just very different. Playing in a team atmosphere, playing for more than yourself, it's not just sort of personal accolades. But, yeah, Demon put put us on his back. He, he showed the way he's been the leader for so many years now. Um, to, to play such a massive match and give me the chance to come out and, and win it in the fifth rub, obviously. 
everyone, but everyone all week, win or loss, like we, I felt like we just got along as a group really well, and everyone was real supportive of each other. Um, and yeah, it was it was good. Those early breaks definitely helped settle the nerves. I was a bit filthy with last night how that ended. To be honest, I thought that was a golden opportunity for me to win, but yeah, we, we got it done uh, in five, and yeah, stoked with it. And like you mentioned on Thursday's Thursday's draw, that uh, you got a team can maybe go deep in this competition. I mean. Australia, do you feel as though they're overdue for a, a, a Davis Cup win, and will you back them to go all the way? Oh, it's early, but we're gonna we're giving ourselves a chance. You know, it's like I just told the boys in the locker room: you can lose a Davis Cup at this particular time and this stage of it, but you you can't win it. But you know, we've certainly given ourselves an opportunity to go through now, um, where we go through to the stage where we believe we belong and we deserve to be. Um, and, and that's all we could have asked for, you know, this weekend. And I, I'm just really proud of the boys' effort. I, I keep saying it, but, you know, to come back, it's not easy with all the bloody paperwork and everything you have to deal with now. Um, and, and to make those sacrifices for your country and for the captains and coaches and everyone behind the scenes. And, um, yeah, everyone just gelled. And, you know, I would have been pretty pissed off if we didn't get the win because I felt like these guys deserved it. So you went down the last 20-odd years and you might have been involved Yeah. Pretty special. Does that make it extra special to see that result? No, absolutely, because um, he's made it a massive priority, the Davis Cup, the last few years. And um, for him to to go out there today and to have the poise and focus and concentration on not looking too far ahead, that's the biggest thing to do. Um, and, And that's the difference between playing in... Davis Cup or in a team environment compared to playing for yourself on the tour week in and week out because you look up and there is that scoreboard that says you know the, how the country's going um, and so you've got to try and block that out as much as possible but it's it's a lot easier said than done um, and so he deserved to, to get that win today and um, yeah I, I was really proud of the way that he, he uh, went out there and competed yet again and, and uh, yeah I was very happy. Alex two from two on your favourite court. I think there's a dream come true for you. It's no secret. I, I quite enjoy playing on that court. Um, but I think rather than, you know, individual results, this is much more than that. Davis Cup is much more than that. It's about this team, this group of guys that made it a priority to fly here and, and be here. And, you know, it's it's an incredible, rich history and tradition that, Australian Davis Cup team has and every one of the boys here they know what it means and they make it a priority they're here and it's just special I mean we were trying to build something important something meaningful and everyone out here gets it you know we we have each other's backs every step of the way and and this is this was a, a team win more than anything and you know if we all have immense pride and passion to wear the green and gold and everyone left it all out there so you couldn't ask more of the team the staff and it's it's a win for all of us not not just the people out here well what an incredible weekend it was for the Aussies BP that is all an amazing win Australia they took down Hungary they conquered they are through to the Davis Cup finals in September and we'll be sure to track them later in the year thank you BP Thank you, Jed. Uh, nice work. We uh, got there in the end on the back of uh, Thanasi Kokonaka. So just the other Davis Cup qualifiers from the weekend. France, a four-zip over Ecuador. USA, a clean sweep over Colombia. 
Uh, likewise, Argentina 4-0 against the Czech Republic. Italy 3-2 over Slovakia. Sweden 3-2 over Japan. Spain 3-1 over Romania. Uh, the Netherlands beat uh, Canada 4-zip. Belgium 3-2 over Finland. Germany beat Brazil 3-1. Kazakhstan 3-1 over Norway. And the Korean Republic 3-1 over Austria. And then we'll move to the group stage, which comes forward, separating the group stage, and then those that get through to the quarters and the semis and the finals. That'll be later in the year in November. And the group stage will be in September as the change to the Davis Cup uh, this year. You can go shopping at tennisdirect.com.au, Australia's favourite online tennis store. Fast delivery, great prices, free delivery on orders over $150. Uh, 10% off using the code FIRSTSERVE10. Plenty more to come. Uh, Monday night, the first serve, we're talking the world of tennis. Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With V-Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a V-Solar advisor. Visit V.Solar to learn more. GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management. At glgcorp.com, the first serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to the first serve. Uh, Brett Phillips uh, tonight in Los Angeles ahead of uh, Indian Wells, of course, the BMP Paribas Open, which uh, starts tomorrow morning with uh, qualifying. The women's qualifying over the next couple of days, the men's qualifying across Tuesday, Wednesday. The women's main draw starts Wednesday, men's start uh, Thursday in uh, tennis uh, paradise, of course. Uh, March, it's a regular uh, time slot. Last year had to be uh, later in the year, in uh, September, so the, for the people of Indian Wells and the Coachella Valley and those who come far and wide have got uh, two editions within uh, six months, which they'll be absolutely wrapped about. So I'll be on the road there tomorrow and we'll bring you all the coverage uh, through our website, thefirstserve.com.au and all our social channels. A UTR follow-up. We've been discussing it the last couple of weeks, all thanks to Hume Tennis and Community Centre, a mini Melbourne park in uh, Melbourne's north, which has tennis for everyone, uh, perfect also for coaches and players if you're coming from interstate to train and compete. Very close to Melbourne Airport, there is accommodation available just around the corner, so find out more at humetennis.com.au and Tim and the team will certainly look after you. So I received... Uh, this bit of correspondence. We have plenty of correspondence that does uh, come into the first serve. And this email uh, was actually uh, sent to me on the back of an email that was put out by Wodonga Tennis Club, which is due to host the country championship. So UTR has led to an 80% decrease in participants at one of our largest regional centres. I spoke to many country people who have grave concerns for country tennis. I spoke to a coach who was going to take 30 players to a donga, as he normally does, but the UTR has taken away so many of the benefits in actually going. Instead, they are spread across three events in Melbourne. Now, I know you've been pushing for transparency. That's directed to me, and absolutely. We, we want transparency. We want open discussions about... Uh, the good and the, the challenging parts of Australian tennis, but there also needs to be accountability. We need real data around actual player numbers over the last 20 years. Dodgy data around people who book a court for a hit and giggle is not sustainable and will be the death of real tennis in Australia. I've spoken to many really passionate tennis people about this, as I know you have, and they are sad and angry. None of them have been consulted and decisions are being made by administrators with no skin in the game, in my honest opinion. And that was sent to me uh, during the week. And I actually, over the last two or three days, have been trying to touch base with Phil Shanahan from 
Wodonga Tennis Club and just with me in transit here to the US and Phil was caught up with some things on the weekend. We haven't quite been able to link up to get his account of things at Wodonga for this week's show, but an absolute promise from me that I will follow up Phil while on the ground at Indian Wells and we'll bring you more of the uh, UTR discussion, uh, which is drawing you know, many, many comments, uh, some positive comments, some negative comments. Where does it all sit? Well, we'll continue that discussion. You can continue to send your long-form emails to me at the first serve, sen at gmail.com because we want this to be a very open discussion and this is a show where you have a forum uh, to certainly express your opinion. So I'll link up with uh, Phil next week, but that's a, a pretty passionate email that was uh, sent through. And, and that, that is something that's been passed on to me in casual conversations that I have. There's a lot of people who are concerned with country tennis uh, how much uh, is it affecting all of um, uh, Victoria where the first serve, where we reside? Uh, how much is it affecting country tennis around Australia? You're on the ground out there. Let us know. Love to hear from you anytime on the show and also uh, via uh, an email to the first serve, sen at gmail.com, the 2022 Victorian Country uh, Championships. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back and uh, wrap up the show right after this. Wrapping up the first serve on this uh, Monday night in Los Angeles. Uh, great to uh, have your company as always. A little earlier uh, tonight around our busy sports coverage across the uh, SEN network and, of course, off to Indian Wells uh, tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Having touched down a few hours ago in LA, uh, been a while since I've travelled uh, internationally like uh, so many of you out there, and I just forgot how how chaotic it is when you walk out of uh, LAX, the terminal there, and there are taxis, Ubers, buses, uh, five lanes across. It is bumper to bumper. There's tooting of horns. Everyone's trying to uh, get their luggage and just get out of there. And <laughs> it just takes a while to uh, uh, just get your bearings and uh, settle in. Went around to the car rental and I thought I was just getting a little uh, Kia. They've given me this uh, Flash uh, Chrysler. So uh, we might put that up on our socials uh, throughout the week and just trying to navigate driving on the opposite side of the road, which is a little bit of a hairy experience. Uh, great to have Yonex on board, of course. 76 years of performance product crafted in Japan. Uh, check out their latest range at yonex.com. So I'll get into women's qualifying at Indian Wells uh, tomorrow. We'll settle in for Priscilla Hon, uh, Maddie Inglis, uh, Astra Sharma and uh, Daria Seville. The men's qualies to start on Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday morning Australian time. So, uh, Thanasi Kokonakis, let's hope that uh, he can get through to a Masters 1000 main draw. And you'd love to see Alex Vukic uh, do the same thing, having won his first challenger a couple of weeks ago and heading towards the top 100. Uh, it'd be just great for him to take another step and qualify for a Masters uh, 1000 where. If you win a round or two, you get uh, the enormous benefits of uh, some very significant uh, rankings points. If you want some very, very good coaching, you need to go and see our good friends at Yarra Tennis Coaching at Eaglemont Tennis Club. It's just off the Eastern Freeway, junior and adult programs available. Shane Scrutton with over 30 years coaching experience, whose mission is simply to improve your game, whether you're a complete beginner or a serious player. Check out yarratennis.com. Dot au and go shopping at Tennis Direct, Australia's favourite online tennis store. Use that promo code firstserve10tennisdirect.com.au. That's us done for a Monday night. Keep an eye on our website, thefirstserve.com.au, and all our social channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, if you love TikTok, YouTube. Plenty going up there, and we'll do it all again from Indian Wells next uh, Monday night. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.